0: peace of christ be with you
1: and also with you
0: let's turn and greet one another we're delighted to welcome you to laguna presbyterian church especially those of you who are visiting with us today and those of you who were baptized in this church as we celebrate the hundred years of baptism here in our church today Um, There is a friendship pad on each one of the pews. It's near the center aisle. It's a black folder and we'd love to have you take it and fill it out and let us know that you're here with us and then pass it down the row so everybody else can fill it out too. You can see some of the announcements of the week uh, after the service today, if you were baptized here uh, Or if you have a child who was baptized here who's here today uh, There's going to be an opportunity for Rick Lang to take your photo Here at the baptismal font And there's a cookie reception out in Tankersley Hall For everybody, whether you were baptized or not If you weren't baptized here, yes, you can have a cookie, Pat Drew It'll be fine uh, So the, we, we are so glad that you're here Especially if you came, especially for that day Uh, You'll notice that the art walk of of Laguna Beach is going to be partly in our Rose Garden this Thursday night Stop by and see some of the arts from some of our members And August, the way we are celebrating our anniversary, our 100 years Is with a casual flip-flop month of Sundays Uh, Going back to the days in 1916 when we were a little beach community And the pastor said, come as you are, even in your bathing suit I don't know about that. I don't think I'm going to, but if you want to, uh-huh, I don't think so. You're going to do that, huh, Jeff? Uh-uh. No. Uh, and also, if you, uh, if you haven't yet got your tickets for our biggest celebration of the year, that is a dinner in September at the Hotel Laguna. You can see the information here, and we're down to probably about 10 tickets by now. So hurry up if you would like to go. There's a blood drive August 2nd. They are especially in need of blood this year. And you can see that there's an opportunity for a mission trip to Kenya this November. It's, this is the first time it's been announced. Hop right on it if you can possibly go. It will be a great trip to see the children in the 2 home that many of us help sponsor. Also, if you would like to sponsor a child, there's a, uh, information about how to do that there. Uh, yes, on Friday this week, uh, yesterday, Helen Pines passed away at age 96, Um, long-time member, dear, sweet lady, and uh, we will be having a service to remember Helen on Friday at 2 o'clock, here this Friday at 2 o'clock. Let's turn our hearts to the
2: Lord. We pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, you have invited us to this time, to this moment, to remember that We too have been baptized into your family. That we belong to you. That nothing can separate us from your love. So we ask that your Holy Spirit will bless your word this morning. Be with us, strengthen us, bring illumination. Deepen us in our walk with Christ. Empower us for your mission in the world. We thank you that we can come together as sisters and brothers in Christ to worship you this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Psalmist, call us to worship. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Let us stand and sing God's praises.
3: now our call to confession from Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful God, in baptism you grafted us into the body of Christ, promising us forgiveness of sin and newness of life. But we fail to live as forgiven people, we keep destructive habits and hold grudges. We allow our past to hold us hostage and are reluctant to welcome newness. In your loving kindness, have mercy on us and free us from sin. Remind us of the promises you have made to us in baptism so that we may live as your people claimed in the waters of promise. Let us now take a minute for personal silent confession.
0: For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. In baptism, we were buried with Christ. In baptism, we were raised to life with Christ through faith in the power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Since we have been raised with Christ, let us seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Amen. It's my pleasure to introduce to you today, Dimitri Bukas, Dimitri and his wife Lori, Lori, are here from Athens, where Dimitri pastors two congregations. He's also the general secretary of the Evangelical Church of Greece and a member of the World Council of Churches. And around here, perhaps your bigger claim to fame is that you are the son-in-law of George and (laughs) Anacophallus. That's what truly makes you famous. Dimitri, we're so glad that you're here to bring us the word of God.
4: Thank you so much Kathy. It's a privilege for us to be here and uh, it was the first time that I was introduced as George Kefalas which is very good for me because now I have two names and two families to be proud of. Thank you so much for having us this morning. Uh, It has been a privilege to um, uh, visiting you for the last few years and we really enjoy the fellowship. So it was a great honor and joy for us to be here this morning and share the Word of God with you. I want to invite you today to uh, read a few verses from the eighth chapter of Acts, and I will read the chapters, the, the verses twenty six to forty. This short story of a unique incident in the early church comes after a few events that have really changed the whole scope of the early church. Only a few verses before these ones that we want to read today we have the first Christian martyr. Stephen has been put down because of his faith to Jesus Christ. Right after that, the church has the tendency that all churches have to clump in, to come together, stay as one, hide. But the Spirit of God has a completely different idea of how the church has grown out. So allows problem to arise in Jerusalem. People had to leave because they were Christians, and as the people were scattered around, they were bringing the good news of Christ to the new places they are about to go. The apostles, all of them, are stay back. So there are no great leaders to lead them. And the stories we read in the next chapters especially the chapter 8 has a leader one of the deacons the deacons were not part of the original group of christ they were people that were invited to lead the service to the poor especially to the widows of the area but now there's this person philip who is about to do the first missionary trip outside jerusalem He brings the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to Samaria. And right after that happens what he's about to read now. Now an angel of the Lord told Philip, Get up and go south on the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a deserted road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch who was a member of the court of Kandake, queen of the Ethiopians. He was in charge of all the treasures and had come up to Jerusalem to worship. Now he was returning home, seated in his chariot, a reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit told Philip, Approach the chariot and stay near it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah out loud. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? So he invited Philip to get in and sit with him. This was the passage of Scripture that was reading. Like a sheep, he was led away to the slaughtered, and like a lamb, is silent before its seer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his descendants? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began to speak. And starting from the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some the water. The eunuch said, look, there is some water. What keeps me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop. And Philip and the eunuch both went down in the water. And Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snapped Philip away. The eunuch went on his were rejoicing and didn't see Philip again. But Philip found himself at Azotus. As he was passing through the region, he kept proclaiming the good news in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. The Lord, the word of the Lord. Be to God. A few days ago, the Webster Dictionary site had about 1,2200 hits for the first time on a very long time. And all those 1,2200 hits were about one word, unique. Why somebody want to learn about this word, what does it mean? Well, the day before, it was the second episode of the seventh season on one of the most popular series on TV, Game of Thrones. At the very end of this episode, there is a very erotic scene between a eunuch and a lady. So the people want to find out who is this eunuch and what does it mean? And The real truth is that a eunuch, especially in those days, it's a very strange person. It's an abused person. It may have happened to be a very rich person or a person of high authority, having a good position next to a queen or a king, but was a person who has been abused as a child, usually. Deprived of his sexual personality, prepare to become maybe one major player in the small society they are living in, but most of the children, the male children, ended up in slavery for reasons other than their parents intended to. It's very interesting. That this whole passage of bringing the good news outside of Jerusalem starts in Samaria. Samaria is the worst enemy of all Israeli people at the time. They were considered to be the heathen tribe of Israel. The people were so close to know Jehovah, but they were so led astray that nobody would associate with them. There, Philip meets the major religious leader a magician at the time, a healer, somebody that everybody revered. And when Philip talks about the good news and makes some miracles, this person approaches Philip and asks him to give him the same power he has. And later on, we find him trying bribing Peter for the Holy Spirit to come on him. And after some new converts arose in Samaria, the Spirit of God takes Philip away and brought him in a deserted area. One may think, why Philip has to be there? And the answer is, for one person only. A eunuch and an Ethiopian. An Ethiopian at the time, it was considered to be the last person of earth. Herodotus, one of the early Greek historians, wrote that Ethiopians were the blackest of all people and they were living at the very end of the earth as the old ancient Greeks thought that the map were ended somewhere there in the middle of Africa. So in other words, here we have the Spirit of God coming up to bring the good news to the very last person at the very edge of society and at the very edge of the geographical map at that time. And for that, only one person, Philip, had a mission to accomplish. And that's the great thing about the gospel of Christ. It cares about everyone in every place. It doesn't look over race, money. It looks about the person. And here the person is a eunuch. It's a man that was striving to find God in every way. We see him reading the Holy Scriptures of Hebrews. He went to Jerusalem to worship even though it was forbidden for a eunuch to be in the inner court of the temple because he was not fully man. It was not his choice. He has been abused as a person. Even though he was feared, at the same time he was laughed. He was always in high position like this person, but at the same time, if... The king or the queen who selected him went away. He may have lost his job and become nobody again. But he was so anxious to find out who was this person that he was reading in Isaiah. It's interesting. If you read Isaiah, few verses before or few verses after, you see that before speaks about... The man of God that comes and heals everybody, and few verses after, speaks about a time where eunuch will come and rejoice in the temple of God. But this particular verse he is reading is something else. He's speaking about the Son of God who is suffering injustice, that like him, he will not have any descendants. To continue his name. And he's asking, Who is this person the prophet is writing? Is it himself or somebody else? And the good news comes from Philip, it's the resurrected Son of God, Jesus Christ Himself. Very often I wonder how ready we are to become like Philip. To go in the middle of wilderness, in a place that we don't like, we don't know, we will never choose just to be open in the Spirit of Christ to meet the people He's bringing from the ages of the world. Maybe many of you have followed the news the last few uh, months about the refugees that are living in Syria and the area of the Middle East and trying to pass through Turkey and Greece in order to reach the Central Europe. We have experienced a unique movement of people the last year in Greece when more than one million people marched through our land and passing the borders in order to reach Germany, Sweden, France or other countries that they dream of. These people were not left their country because they wanted to. It was the bombs of other nations and other interests of people that make them lose their household, their money, and they're looking for a better future for their children. The whole country was afraid who these people are. First of all, they're not like us. They're not Christians or they don't have a Christian background. They're Muslim. B, they are coming from these Middle Eastern places where all the terrorists are coming. What are they going to do to our country? Third, they were coming in numbers that we haven't seen before. Imagine a few thousand people to ended up in the shores of a small island where the total population of the island is maybe one-third of the number of people that are coming every month. Immediately, you are feeling a stranger in your own home. The church was silent at the time. We were not ready to face this challenge. The first people come, and after the first month and the second month, where the borders were were open, the borders on the northern part of Greece start closing. And a large number of people were staying there, and the passing of the borders were be becoming harder and harder every single day. Then, few people in one of our churches up north, that there were descendants of refugees coming in 1922 from Turkey to Greece, they felt very much in their heart that they needed to help these people. So they went there and they started helping in any way they could. And it was the most easiest way. Some Greek people thought they can make money out of these refugees. So they start charging a small bottle of water 3 euros, which is equivalent of 4 American dollars. The real value of this bottle is 15 cents. And also they did something else. They had their big canteens, and in the canteens they have power generators, and they were charging... $3 per 20 minutes every refugee to charge their phones. Because all of them they have cellular phones. So out of misery people are making money now. At the same time they're protesting against all these refugees that are coming and destroy the country. But the church is still silent. When this Man with his friends went there and see all this misery and poverty, they came back and they gave a very nice waking call to all of our church. They said, We need to go and help. We thought to ourselves how we can help. The Protestant church in Greece, all community, of all denominations, of all different backgrounds, there are less than twenty five thousand. Greece has about eleven million people. So you can see how small the church is. Probably your community here in Laguna is bigger than 10 of our churches. But the people say, we can give as much as we can. They start every day to be there, give food, give water, give clothing. As the months passing by, they decided to invite the first of their people To host people in their own house. They chose pregnant women or families without a husband or people with disabilities and they opened up their houses and they were given one room for these families. They started with one family, two families, three families. By now, our church community, who has less than 2,000 members on the northern part of Greece, Is hosting more than a thousand refugees. So far, so good. Anybody can do that. But what difference makes if you're a church? Church gives something more. Gives Christ. You see, when Philip met with Eunuch, Eunuch found himself a new house found himself a new purpose. He understood that he's not alone. He knows that he would not be forgotten. And 2,000 years after, we're still talking about him, even though we don't know his name. He was baptized. When he asked Philip... It was a reverse question of what no one could have answered to him if he had answered this question in the temple in Jerusalem. He said to Philip, What is keeping me away from being baptized? In the temple, the one thing that kept him away, kept him away from being fully part of the worshipers in the temple it was that he was a eunuch. Philip told him, nothing keeps you away. Come. The eunuch went on his way rejoicing. That's the difference. In the beginning, we were very much afraid... To share with these people. We are hosting in our families. The gospel. We thought that maybe. We are intruding their own life. That we are not allowed to speak about. Our beliefs. And then we talk to ourselves. And we say. If we do something in life. We do it because we love God. We love God. Because he first loved us. He accepted us in his family. He gives us all This gifts of his grace we rejoice in him and I want to have other people know why we are so much in love with all the creation and we start sharing who we are in everyday life not with many words but with many deeds invite them to our tables been part in our birthday parties celebrate with us some of the big feasts on the greek calendar invite them to come in the church few came not many but those who come and those that did never come in the church when they left to go to some other place and others replace him later they say it was one very important thing. thank you for treating us like human beings. Thank you for recognizing our personalities. You will be amazed of how many of these people are very well educated, how many doctors that they will never work as a doctor again because they don't know the language. How many professors of university and high school teachers well-educated will never profess again what they have done all these years before because they don't know the language in the places we go. But they went there for the children. The same thing that we will do for our own children as well. And the church needs to play a role in a world like this. Philip opened up a very interesting question to all of us. This question is very nicely described by one of the major English-speaking poets of all times, T.S. Eliot. In one of his theatrical plays in where he presents the rock, and the rock is Christ, of course, he has a very interesting Question to all of us. He's talking about London, and he says that if a stranger come to London and see all of you coming together, and ask you why you are come together, what your answer will be? Is it for money? Is it for having fun, or for something different? And then he says this: Beware of the stranger who ask. The difficult question. And Yunich did that with Philip. He asked the difficult question What does it stop me of being baptized? And Philip replied, Nothing. Christ is open up his arms for everybody. I think today the church of god has a great message if someone has a message to restore the broken to invite the stranger to heal the person who has been abused and neglected it's a church of christ it is he who has been through all this difficulties of our humanity went through all is the winner of all and he's the one who invites us all with his Holy Spirit to share himself first with him and then with the others and I think we should be ready to bring this good news to the very edge of the earth Amen.
2: Dimitri, thanks be to God for your very compelling, convicting message about the good news of the gospel. People like Dimitri and people like us from around the world have been carrying with us uh, into various places. One of the early church fathers asked the question, what has Jerusalem to do with Athens? Well, Everything. Because what we see is that the gospel has been carried not only from the mother church in Jerusalem, but into Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it has come to us here in Laguna Beach. And we are grateful for that. We've been here as recipients of God's love and grace for a hundred years. And we've been inviting people in this area to come to the fountain to come to the waters, to believe, to trust in Jesus Christ, and to be baptized into him. We celebrate that. We don't know, unless we were to go through and count in all of our records how many people have been baptized over a hundred years, but a whole lot. I do know that uh, Jim Hind is having a birthday. He's going to be, I think Jim, our custodian, he was born in this community, grew up in this church. I think he's, his, today, are, are close to this day, he is uh, 76 years old. And he was baptized about 75 years ago. Anybody here this morning that was baptized more than 75 years ago in this <laughs> church? <laughs> Who is here that was baptized in this church at any time. We have a bunch of hands. How many of you um, had your children baptized in this church? A whole lot. In obedience to Jesus Christ, Jesus, he was very much into the material elements and bread, and to wine, and water. And use those elements to interpret the faith. He said to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, to the end of the age. And so we baptize. We have two sacraments in our Protestant Reformation Church, the sacrament of baptism, our initiation into Christ, and the sacrament of the Lord's table, by which we are nurtured by bread and wine, and strengthened in our faith, it is here that Christ meets us. And so we come to the waters. And sometimes, unless we're really close to the fount, we do not see the water. We have a bowl here, a baptismal font, that uh, you can see right through, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. But let us not forget what is in this bowl is H2O, water. A common element that sustains life, a common element that washes away dirt and sin. And spiritually speaking, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ enters our lives at the fount. And here we begin to die to sin and to walk in newness of life, to walk in the power of the resurrection spirit of Christ until we have the mind of Christ. So it is the beginning of a journey of our being engrafted into the body of Christ, becoming members of one another, And celebrating being a part of this covenant community that always remembers that Jesus himself was baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. It was at the Jordan that he heard the heavenly uh, voice of his father proclaim, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased as we renew our baptismal vows, we remember that this is the Father's message for us. I know you. I created you. You are mine. Nothing can separate you from my love. You are my beloved son, our daughter, in whom I am well pleased. So we make Our affirmation of faith this morning. Take your bulletin if you would. And this is the Apostles' Creed. Christian baptism is the sign and seal of our cleansing from sin and of our being grafted into Christ. Yes, please stand. I'm sorry. (laughs) Through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Christ. The power of sin was broken, and God's kingdom entered our world. Through baptism, we were made citizens of God's kingdom and freed from the bondage of sin. With the whole church, let us confess our faith. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe believe in in Jesus Christ, Christ, his his only Son, son, our our Lord. Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering.
1: I'm
0: Holy God, who bursts into the midst of our conventional lives with your holy call to embrace and extend your love, we pray your mighty spirit on us, that we may more fully engage our baptisms, that we may live into your call on our lives, as Philip, led by your spirit, went into the wilderness for just one man from the end of the earth. Show us each where you are calling us. We pray for people here and to the ends of the earth who are broken and abused and neglected. We pray for all who have been made refugees, for children who've been made pawns in the political maneuverings of others. Bring the peace and the restoration that only you can bring to our broken world. We do pray for the work of the gospel in Greece, throughout the Middle East, and in Kenya. We hold before you all who struggle in life, those whose lives are consumed with anxiety and hungers, with griefs, with pain and all who care for them. Hear their names as we speak them aloud before you. And as we bring you these gifts, we ask that you will use them and that you will use us for your work in this world. Even as we pray for the day when your kingdom comes in its fullness, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven,
2: have been baptized into Christ. They have been incorporated into the body of Christ, are now brothers and sisters in Christ. What this means is that there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, but we are one in Christ filled with the spirit of the living Lord. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. As we are leaving the church, I'm going to remain by the baptismal fount. I'm going to place my hand in the fountain, make the sign of the cross on my forehead. I invite you to do the same if you've been baptized into Christ, you want to renew your baptismal vows. Do you confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord? Do you intend to be his disciple, to obey his word, and to show his love? And will you be a faithful member of the church of Jesus Christ? If you do, we all say, we do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Demetrius will be at the entrance to my left. And uh, our other pastors will be at our other doors to greet you, but uh, I'll remain here. So welcome to come to the font.